You sound insane. Do you realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Whoa, whoa, Leo, you're not talking about Corky. In a family of made men, Corky Romano was made of something different. But now, your family needs you. The most gentle and caring veterinarian in the world. I have animals that depend on me. Oh, I'm sorry. Will do whatever it takes. Pull down your pants. No. To save his family. Corky, I'm not going to give you a wagey. I'm going to put a wire on you. I had a little too much coffee. Woo! (laughs) Corky Romano. Okay. Ma'am, fam, how's it going? It's your boy Richard. I got a mug full of coffee and a heart full of hate. Let's talk Corky Romano. So, how did we get here? Well, a lot of life decisions, uh, a lot of mistakes made, a lot of uh, horrible things I've done karmically and uh, literally that have led uh, to where I am. So, if you are new to the show, God bless you. I hope this isn't your first episode. Uh, we do a thing once a year called the movie draft, and uh, where we pick movies and then um, based on their box office performance and critical reception and their budget, the formula, an algorithm that we have patented, uh, they get a score. And then you accumulate those scores. I think we picked like eight movies or something. And you accumulate those. And then lowest score has to do a solo episode voted on by, um, it used to just be we would choose, but now we we get... uh, Get the Vipers involved and the rest of the Mam Fam too. So, quick plug: a lot of this was decided in the Discord channel, which is a chat room feature we have for um, VIPs. So it's a four dollar a month. Um, you get like four or five extra episodes a month, plus a lot of like content uh, to vote on and things like that. A lot more of a say in the show. And then you also get this Discord thing, which is really cool. It's a hundred or two hundred or three hundred people in there all talking movies and stuff all the time. So anytime you're bored, you kind of pop in and a bunch of like-minded people like you talking about movies. And unfortunately, those traders chose uh, Corky Romano. So I have a longtime feud against Chris Kattan, and I'll explain it as such. When I was a younger man, I was an intern for the uh, Adam Carolla podcast, which was kind of one of the first real mass podcasts out there. This is probably... 2007-ish, and I was 20 or 21, and I got to help help them out. They're very nice to me, and they gave me a chance to do a lot of guest research and things like that. So I would essentially go on. They would tell me who the guests were going to be for that week, and I would make these one-page little kind of bullets for Adam and whoever else was on the show that they could kind of reference um, you know, the career of whoever the guest was. And I would accumulate this from as many sources as I could. I wanted the best information possible. And I would do um, IMDb, you know, has has stuff. Wikipedia was around by then. And then also when a lot of people have their own websites with a little bio or something. So I would would put together some interesting bullet points that Adam could maybe talk on uh, with the person. So Chris Kattan was a guest somewhere in that time. And uh, Adam mentioned something. I don't even remember what it was. And he was like, that's not true. Whoever does your research is terrible. And then I kind of got some grief for it. There you go nice about it but i got some grief but i had pulled that information from chris Kattan dot like his official website and i was like well what you know <laughs> no one cared 
But I sent that back to the people at the Corolla show. They, they, we had a good laugh about it. But yeah, I was like, well, then you need to update your website because it's wrong. So I've hated him ever since because he called me out when he made the air. And he's pretty, you know, it's a one-sided feud. He didn't really do anything wrong. And, but I get to root against him and it's been a pretty successful venture on my part, unfortunately for him, but I I have nothing to do with that. And I actually, you know, I'm sure if he he is a nice guy, I wish him all the best. I don't know really anything about him. So this movie was his, along with, uh, (laughs) and I at the Roxbury a few years before, uh, Chris Kazan, who I think, uh, now is sort of, um, not underrated comedically because it's, not very funny, but he was a star for a minute on SNL. I think we kind of underrate. He, he, you know, those mango sketches, like as weird as they are now, were like the first sketch after the monologue a lot. I mean, that was like he, he was, you know, along with, uh, sorry, my phone's ringing here, along with Will Ferrell and that cast, he, he was an important cog in it. And, uh, but it's one of those things that happens every once in a while. That's certainly not his fault, but he had a certain comic sensibility uh, that really worked for like 18 months and then immediately seemed ridiculous right after that happens. That happens sometimes. Victoria Jackson is like that a little bit. She was on SNL and then it's kind of this uh, blonde ditz and then that seemed silly right after. I mean, it happens all the time with comedy and, and that's that's just how it goes. So he did uh, Night at the Roxbury, which is also – probably not critically loved, but pretty funny movie uh, as for ter- terms of like silly SNL comedies go because Will Ferrell co-wrote the script and he went on to co-write a lot of great comedies. So it has those, while it's an absurd premise about two club guys, it it has some, co- you know, coffee cups with our names on it. Yours says Doug um, is a very like Will Ferrell Will Ferrell type joke. And Chris Kattan's perfectly fine in that movie in that character. But this vehicle was, I believe, right after Catan left SNL, and this is what he left to go be a movie star. I had never seen this movie, um, and I didn't have my feud with with Chris Catan until much later, but, you know, I, I don't think many people saw this movie. It was it was not a hit, and was critically reviled, and the, even the, um, like, trailers, you know, were just terrible. Like, the guys want some cookies and things like that. Uh, <laughs> we're kind of immediately, uh, you could tell this was not going to be funny right away, which is not always the case with, with comedy. So I watched it today for the first time. It is now 2020. This is the day after the Super Bowl. And I, I ha- had a little break. Uh, I, got, I got started on work early this morning, so I could take a little break this morning and record this episode and watch this film. And uh, it's it's really bad. The cast is weirdly interesting. I'm going to go through the cast first, and then we'll talk about the plot of the movie. The cast is obviously Chris Kattan. Uh, Peter Falk, Columbo himself is the father. Uh, Peter Berg, a lot of Peters in this. <laughs> you can take that however you want. Um, Peter Berg, who went on to be a big director. Uh, <laughs> he's made a lot of huge movies at the Friday Night Lights show, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Pete Berg is one of the brothers. Chris Penn, who sadly is no longer with us, but had a really interesting career with Reservoir Dogs and things. It's the other brother. Uh, Fred Ward is like the Robert, it's a mafia movie. Fred Ward is kind of the uh, consigliere, uh, the Robert Duvall type thing, but he's also an informant and it's, I mean, the plot for this is ridiculous. We'll go into it. Zach Galifianakis, got to be one of his first movies. Uh, He's in this, which was jarring. I did not know that. And uh, Richard Roundtree, Shaft himself shows up. So uh, there was a lot of like kind of uh, 
of Vincent Bat stories in this. It's it's a lot of people you know for this kind of movie. You go, oh man, they, that's that's a tough beat for you. But luckily, this movie was so irrelevant immediately. So there's those bad movies like Cats right now that can maybe be a stain on your career because they're sort of extravagantly bad and in the zeitgeist. This I don't even think registered with a, a blip. And, and lucky for this, it was a pre-internet era and all of that. So there was there wasn't quite the uh, lifespan for for bad. Uh, content that there that there is now because it's it's fodder for the for the Twitter and world and all that so and podcasts like ours and blah blah so this is the movie the movie is a kind of a mafia spoof thing not to be confused with another SNL mafia offshoot which is Jay Moore's Mafia which is just a straight up kind of hot shots or or a Zucker style spoof of mafia this is kind of that but. But also not. It doesn't make much sense. It's just uh, Chris Kattan is a nice veterinarian who's overly happy and just sort of naive and guileless. And he's, but he's the member of this family. He's been sort of ostracized by this mo- mos- uh, mobster family, and because they're all these tough guys, Chris Penn, Pete Berg, uh, Peter Falk, and they have they've been infiltrated by a mole who is there is Fred Ward's character. And so they decide to hack it. They have a hacker played by Zach Almanakis, and they hack the system of the FBI and get uh, their brother that no one knows about, this nice veterinarian, uh, into the FBI as a mole for them. This this is the actual premise of the movie. And uh, there's a lot of there's – a, there's part where uh, Chris Kattan reaches his hands out to shake his brother's hand, and his brother farts on it. That's probably the funniest joke in the movie. Um yeah, it's really bad. Fred Ward. Whew. I mean, this guy's been in some stuff. He is. He, I mean, it's like almost he's trying. I, I've never seen a, like a weirder bad performance from someone who's done some okay stuff. Chris Kattan is just over hamming it up. I mean, it's 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 aggressively not funny. And and of course that it happens now. You know, bad comedy in two thousand one is of course going to be exponentially less comedic in twenty twenty. Uh, but this this was aggressively unfunny in, in 2001. It's almost impressive. It's always also a good sign when the director doesn't even have like a Wikipedia and barely an IMDb. And he directed this film. So there's that. It was kind of a... Uh, but he would like that one back when he got a chance to direct a, a movie. Um, so that's the premise of the movie. It's terrible. Um, it's There's no redeeming anything in it. It's what, you know, you understand why Chris Kattan kind of went away. Um, and it was before, you know, to, I'm trying to be a little positive for him. Uh, it was before we had this kind of like um, in-between zone for SNL alum. So it used to be you were on SNL and then you either went into obscurity <laughs> um, or you were a stand-up like Chris Rock, Spade, those guys. Or you became a movie star. And there was not really, with the exception of Spade, with like Just Shoot Me and stuff, um, not really this kind of secondary route that we have now that you can just go get a show, preferably on NBC, that we've seen Amy Poehler do, Tina Fey do, um, Andy Samberg's done that. You know, obviously Fallon and Seth Meyers got talk shows. Uh, it was it was kind of, And so I, I, I feel like there is a world... If if Chris Kattan was his fame was a little later, or maybe they they make him a side character on 
on an NBC, you know, it, maybe he's like Kenneth the Page on 30 Rock. And then we think a little more of him because there's some better writing around him. There's not the stakes of like, you're carrying this movie. And if this doesn't work, you know, they put, Nor- you know, Norm went and did dirty work, you know, someone you would never think would headline a movie. Uh, it's, and also screwed with Dave Chappelle a little thing. But like, that's just what we force people into movies. And that works when it's Will Ferrell. And that works when it's Adam Sandler. And that <laughs> that works uh, when it's Eddie Murphy, certainly. But uh, Mike Myers. But not everyone is built for that. And that doesn't mean that they're terrible. Uh, but but it, especially when they don't write. I don't believe Chris Kattan was much of a writer. He's more of a performer, which isn't a shot at him. I just mean there's different kinds of SNL cast members. When you can't create and generate your own material, um, you're kind of you're at the the you know you can only do what scripts come in. You're at the mercy of what scripts come in, and so he chose this one. It was a starting vehicle for him, and uh, I think ruined his career because it was so so bad. And and taking him out of that four minute, you can't touch the mango, um, you know, or the silent Butabi brothers, or being kind of a wingman for Will Ferrell. Uh, reveals him to be not quite capable of of carrying a film, and maybe he could have been, you know, the third lead on on a sitcom and been fine. So that is my kind of critical macro thoughts on this film. The script is is really bad. The dialogue is terrible. It, but it is still. This is the what I would say. Not only is the script really bad and unfunny and and unnatural. And it's still better than the acting. I can't express how bad the acting is in this movie. It's like a a bad student film. So like as bad as the script is, it's underserved by this cast. And this cast has a lot of interesting people in it, but it's like they're so out of rhythm with the script and so not caring. Chris Penn looks like he's actually like hates his life during this. Um, it's It's a bizarre, bizarre movie on that. And I, I recommend all of you watch. It's on Amazon. I had to pay for this. Not going to have to pay for this. It is now, you know, in the world we live in, it, I will now forever have this like in my data on stuff. So it, you know, it's damn, I've been paid for it on Amazon. No, no free plugs, but I think you're all aware of Amazon. And it's like, whether I bought it, I don't think you can, can you still buy things through iTunes? I don't think you can. iTunes is gone. So yeah, but if you, if you, uh, <laughs> forever, if whoever you buy this through Apple TV, Amazon, Voodoo is like that's Walmart, right? There will be somewhere on my like whatever the new credit version is of like Richard Barton content uh, purviewer, or per, that's not a word, content viewer. I it will always this little clip will be. I will get some sort of recommendation in my life on my Instagram or something based on the fact that I paid two ninety nine to rent Corky Romano in twenty twenty, and that's what I resent. That's what I resent from all of you is not that I had to watch this. It's a short movie. Thank God it's 85 minutes. I was able to kind of break it up, but it is, uh, the, the record that I will have on my life, the stain that I will carry. And, and, and I would say my children will carry this burden and they, they're not even born yet. They're innocence. Uh, you have that on your hands. People that voted on this, Kent, Brian for nominating this. You guys will always have to go to sleep at night. Knowing the fact that you ruined worse than when I bought, uh, when I like when iTunes first came out and I bought like a Fallout Boy song, and then forever on Apple Music when I was trying it, and then I, before I switched back to Spotify, I would get recommendations based on this mistake I made in 2005. This is worse. There will be commercials I see. There will be 
when I'm scrolling the gram, when when Alexa's listening to me, she will be listening to me now knowing that I am someone that buys Corky Romano. And she's in my office right now. So she's hearing me say the words Corky Romano over and over again. And I will get things for this. Recommendations, ads, direct mail based on this decision for the rest of my life. And I hope that you find some peace, but I never will. So that's my final review on Corky Romano. Now, I got into the VIP chat this morning as I'm watching this because I was I was desperate for any distraction. Um, also, this this movie is also offensive to me because I had a cat named Corky. We had a cat named Corky when, in 1999 before this movie was around. It was a great cat. And I had him. It was my mom's cat. And then when my mom passed away, I adopted the cat, had him for a few years until he passed away. I had this cat in my life for like 16, 17 years. He's a great cat. And uh, his name was Corky, and I had to always love him a little less because of this movie after it came out when he was two. Love the cat, but, you know, some things you can't change. Um, Okay, so I went to the VIP Discord today, another ad for that, and this is the kind of stuff you get. You get me dropping in going, hey, look, man fam, VIP man fam, I got about 15, 20 minutes on Corky Romano. And uh, I've got, by law, I have to do do this episode for 30 minutes. And that's a bummer. And so I'm going to need some filler content. I'm going to need some questions to be asked. They can be about Corky Romano. They can be about uh, Chris Kattan. They can be about anything. And I'll, I'll answer a few of them. And that way we can kind of fill this episode because the real joke is on you, the listener, right? Because, you know, uh, uh, Kent and Brian get off scot-free. That's great. I've made Kent, we made Kent watch Minions last year. And uh, and now I have to do this, which is fine. But then the, the the real thing is, the reason I like to only do a few minutes of Quirky Romano is, yeah, you, you get to hear me suffering. You get to hear my the hurt and anger in my voice. But also, you have to listen to a podcast about Quirky Romano. That's that's a loss for you. So what I try to do is mix in a few, you see how I'm spinning this, a few questions that are, that are uh, you know, maybe some Quirky Romano, some not, so you can get some sort of entertainment out of this. Um, I'd also like to blame, this is another thing, I've got notes here. Sorry. I'd also like to blame uh, the movie draft this year. I, it, it was a little bit rigged for the win. Not rigged in that he cheated, but like, so what we do is every year, whoever finished last, which was Kent last year with Minions, he had to do Minions, gets to pick first. And and we do a snake draft. So you go, you know, uh, let's say this year we went Kent first, Brian second, Richard third, Richard fourth, Brian fifth, Kent sixth, Kent Seventh, you know, you get two picks on the end of each round, so it's, it evens out a little bit. Well, Kent this year just the, not not his doing, just kind of lucked into Avengers being an obvious first pick, and it uh, you know biggest movie of all time and had good reviews, and so it was over the minute that movie. And he had Captain Marvel too, which was a great pick by him. That was skill on his part. I should have picked that earlier than than he did, and he 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 gets credit for that. But those two movies alone were probably the two highest scores of the year. And Avengers was just, it was it was over from then. So it became a battle between Brian and myself. And I have a strategy every year. What I try to do is I try to pick kids' movies. And the reason I pick, you know, Pixar especially. And Brian has now caught on to this. This is why he always picks kids' movies. Because kids' movies are, now there are, a lot of them are great. Most Pixar movies are in fact great films, but... A lot of them are kind of, no pun intended, treated with kids' gloves critically. 
So what will happen a lot with a very mediocre kids movie, which if it wasn't, if it was an adult movie, would maybe be 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, an average, you know, mediocre film. When it's a kids movie, it's like 81 because everyone goes, hey, yeah, it's cheesy, but you know, it's not for me. It's for six-year-olds. So in terms of what six-year-olds think, it's great. I'm going to give it a positive review. And that's fine. So I always try to game it by picking kids' films uh, because you can really, A, they do really well at the box office because people want to take their kids to the movies, so they shut up for a while. And then B, uh, they uh, you know they get a little little bump in the Rotten Tomatoes score, which is a big factor. Rotten Tomatoes scores don't matter. Never forget that. A lot of good movies have rotten scores. A lot of bad movies are fresh, but it does matter in the terms of this game. So I did that. I picked the Lego movie, and I'm mad at two things. I'm mad at the, all of you. The Lego movie was a fine little movie. The first one did great. It was made on a responsible budget. It uh, had fine, and then just no one saw it. And I don't know if that was the release date, or what, but it was, uh, I was sure that was going to be a big score for me, and just no one went to see it. Everyone just waited for it uh, to come on streaming so their kids could watch it then, and it'll probably be fine. But yeah, it wasn't as good as the first Lego movie, critically, but it did fine, and the, the it just barely made back its money, which is, that one, that's one I would draft again. I still feel like that was a smart pick, and it let me down. The second, and this one's where I'm actually angry, is all you nerds out there, and you, I'm coming at you on this, all you nerds who over-criticize, and I'm obviously very, this is totally selfishly motivated, but you all criticize these Star Wars movies. None of them, you know, Ryan Johnson's an idiot, he ruined it. Now J.J. Abrams ruined it back, and you just nitpick and nitpick and nitpick, and that filters its way into critical consensus, and then now, this last Star Wars movie, Rise of Skywalker, which was another one of my picks, which was a perfectly fine movie, gets overly reviewed, and now it, knocks the Rotten Tomato score down and makes me narrowly lose to Brian. And now I have to see Corky Romano because of all you little nerds with your action figures and your, you know, whatever. I don't know. I mean, I like Star Wars, but I don't know the whole world. You're, you're, you know, I'm not going to make a dumb Star Trek joke. I'm pretending like I'm mixing them up, but you know what I mean? You know where my heart is. I will never forgive you for this. And I, and I told the Vipers this, I'm Irish we're good at very few things. We're genetically just built to die. But I I am very good at holding grudges. I will eliminate people from my life immediately and hold grudges forever. I get it from my mother. And it's one of my, you know, goes against what everyone, how everyone tells you to behave. But it's one of my favorite things I respect in people is the ability to hold a grudge. And I respect myself so much. And I will never forgive you for that. Okay. But if between those two, when I eat, I don't like to be grinded upon, which is why I stopped eating at strip clubs for lunch after... You know, the deal's so good on the buffet. Um, okay, so if I could put a curse, a mild curse, this isn't anything bad, on any celebrity, who would it be? I think I already did that with Chris Kattan. Would be my answer. Shouldn't have shouldn't have uh, crossed me on the Corolla show. Um, 
Let's see. If I could if I could swap places with either of my co-hosts, would I choose Kent or Brian? Man, that's a good one. Good question. Um well, I'm trying to think this through. How do I insult both of them? Right now I would I would because I'm doing a solo episode on Quirky Romano. Uh I don't know if you caught that. I would I would, you know, I would probably uh switch places with either of them happily. But since uh but since in the general, in the aggregate, they both have good lives, you know? Great. They both have – I'm going to be nice. They have wonderful wives. Uh, Brian's got a great son. Kent has two pets, J. Daniel Catless, who we named his cat, and uh, and Tito, who's pretty awesome. Great dog, great cat, dog-cat combo. Brian has Lucy, a great dog. These are the things I factor in, mostly dog-related. Both live in the Fort Worth area, Kent downtown-ish. Brian, a uh, suburb right outside. So they're on the opposite side of town for me. So that's about the same. Um, man, man, who would I choose? You know what? This is this is a very superficial thing. I think I would I would switch with Brian uh, because one of the great joys in my life is playing basketball, and Brian plays basketball. So you know, I would still be able to play pickup. And Brian plays a lot of his his schedule. I don't know how he does it. He plays pickup basketball all the time, and I'm I'm wildly jealous of that. So Ken's life's great. And it'd be great to be as talented as Kent is technically, but basketball uh, would bring me far more joy. Um, Juice Boxer has some fi- some questions for me. What were my top five favorite Super Bowl commercials? I don't have five. Uh, the Bill Murray one was good. Were there Clydesdales this year? Because I like the, I I'm a another thing I'm bad at being Irish is I'm I repress everything. I'm unable to show emotion. But those Clydesdale commercials always make me cry. Anything with animals, I'm very susceptible to and. Uh, you know, anytime there's a Clydesdale and a dog together as friends, I love interspecies friendship amongst animals. It's one of my one of my things. Um, that could go a lot of directions. So yeah, I don't, if there, I didn't see a Clydesdale one, I need to need to look that up. Oh, Fast Nine trailer, obviously fabulous. I uh, can't wait for that Bond trailer. Cool. Um, the uh, the electric. I, I like cars. The electric Audi. Especially not the one they focused the commercial on, but then they went to that the second one, which was like the Q5 SUV. That's electric. That's that's going to be a hot car. Uh, don't care about the new electric Hummer though. That seems diametrically opposed and stupid. Do I have a song that I sing along to every day, and I don't know why? Oh boy! Right now, I've been binging. Uh, I think I'm not alone in this. The Succession theme, just constantly going in my. In my head. Who's going to get a kiss from daddy, if you know that parody? And uh, let's see. I think that's about it on the questions. I think I got one more I'm missing here. Then I'll, I'll wrap this up. Everyone's mad at me for for not uh, not doing the... Uh, not doing full Corky Romano. But no, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin this like uh, Alan Dershowitz style. Uh... <laughs> You know, you would have to listen to that. If I was really frame by frame breaking down Corky Romano, sure, dunk on me. But uh, you listening to it for 30 minutes is is a huge dunk on you. Oh, Pablo asks, what's, what's, what's a movie that I enjoy hate watching? Honestly, and this is true, and I'm going to confess something here. And I called it the minute I saw it. Uh, if any of you that knows watching the show it's a it's a movie we make fun of i've signed probably 50 of these dvds to mail out to people um and 
it's a big thing, but I if it's on TNT and I called it, I walked out of the theater with Kent. We saw an advanced screening of Now You See Me One. And Kent goes, That was the worst movie I've ever seen. And I said, I agree. And I cannot wait to watch it all the time when it's on TNT. And uh and Kent said I never want to see that movie again. And I've watched Now You See Me probably way more than I've seen like a movie I really love. I've seen Now You See Me far more times than I've seen like The Master, which I was one of my favorite movies of the decade. And that just shows that I'm a broken garbage person. But uh, yeah, something about it is oddly captivating. It's ridiculous. I haven't seen the sequel that many times. Um, I don't know if it's just not on as much. And it's even more patently absurd and, and bad. But uh, but yeah, so so for sure, for sure now you see me. And uh, that's I will always enjoy hate watching it. Uh, I watched it recently. My wife was making dinner and I, it was on. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to hammer out 50. And I could either help my wife cook, which is she would hate more than anybody, or watch Now You See Me for 20 minutes. And I did that. And it was wildly enjoyable. And I sent a lot of texts to uh, Ken and Brian of great quotes and stuff. And now with the Discord channel, I could share that with all of you, which you could, uh, which you should sign up for at Mad About Movies Podcast slash VIP. Okay. Kent's question is uh, here's my AMA question. Using the language of English through your vocal cords, can you explain in a minimum of 30 minutes what you liked and disliked about Corky Romano? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I can do that, Kent. And I've just done that with, you know, maybe a few, uh, you know, wanders out off the path. But the general thesis of the show is Cor- Corky Romano is terrible. There's nothing to like about it. Uh, Chris Kattan gives one of the worst performances I've ever seen on film. And he's not the worst part of this movie, acting-wise. It's it's completely – this should be taught – like, you know, they teach, uh, they teach you know, in, in different uh, film acting schools. They show you scenes and show you how to really you – know, it's different than stage acting. This should be taught on, like, a what-not-to-do basis. Everything is either over the top or just stilted. Like, like, they're reading the dialogue for the first time. I don't know if there's cue cards on set. Uh, there's just no way to know. And yeah, it's it was it was bizarrely bad, and uh, I can't. You know, they always say the editing bay is the last rewrite of a movie, and I can't. It, this if this if the editing of this salvaged anything, oh boy, what what kind of horrible horrible things did we have? So all that being said, go see it. <laughs> it's two ninety nine on Amazon or something, and you can rent it, and you can join me and in the hell of being recommended things on, on by Jeff Bezos uh, based on my admiration for Chris Kattan and, and Corky Romano. Uh, sign up, madaboutmovies.com slash VIP, so you can be involved in stuff like this. It's $4 a month uh, is the tier that gets you the extra episodes and the Discord channel and all of that good stuff. It's, it is well worth it, I think. Uh, I've said this before, but um, number one compliment we get on this show is... I don't really have a lot of friends to talk movies with. No one likes making fun of them and talking about them like I do. And the Mad About Movies podcast is like hanging out with my friends and talking about movies. And that's very nice. That's what compliment means the world to us. But you can have friends like that in the Discord channel. And and three of them are us. We're in it all the time. We message, especially, yeah, I mean, Kent and Brian do a better job than me. Um, But I'm in it every day for a certain period of time. They're in it every day, all day. Uh, just chatting it up. So 
sending links, sending funny videos, talking about stuff. We have all these sub threads on various different movies and TV projects and music and everything. But it's like-minded nerds like all of us uh, all across the world just chatting it up about whatever we want to chat it up about. It's it's a great community, not really based around this show, but like I think the great thing about this show is that it, people have found it and uh, and they get to all now bond in the in the in the Discord channel. So sign up for that amount about movies.com slash VIP. I am Richard Barden. You can follow me at Richard Barden, B-A-R-D-O-N on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. And uh, I will I will follow you back maybe, you know, if you're interesting. You know, I do a little uh, maybe graze the last five tweets you made. No, but you're welcome to follow me. And uh, you can also find me, like I said, in the Discord channel. That's where we're the most active. Thank you for listening to this. If you made it all the way through, God bless you. And uh, until next time, I'm done. I've hit 30 minutes, 31 minutes. You got a minute 45 extra that you didn't deserve. So until next time, my friends, man, fam, VIPs, all of you, I will see you at a cinema not showing Gorgi Romano. Peace. Peace.